This week on the Profitable Trading Podcast, part two of the six-week break, a strategy for creating more freedom in your business. Welcome to the Profitable Trading Podcast, where we talk about hands-on strategies that you can use in your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business to make more money, get some time back, and make your business less reliant on you. Hope you enjoy, and don't forget to follow. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, definitely head back and listen to that. But there's a quick recap right here. Tony, what is the six-week break and how does it work? Yeah, six-week break really simply is, you know, you take six weeks out of your business without any involvement at all in the business. I guess the key thing about the six-week break and why it's a strategy, uh, not just a thing that you do, is uh, you're not going away for two or four weeks where you've got two weeks of setup and then four weeks of cleanup when you come back. It needs to be six weeks because six weeks basically pushes your business through all the business cycles that you run, through sales cycle, uh, pricing cycles, invoicing cycles, end of month cycles, and even planning cycles. So if you're running a six-week planning cycle, you know can the business actually do that uh, in, in your absence so that it literally can run while you're not there and, and it actually improves when you're away? And the aim for me, and our business was that the business has grown, we've made sales, we've grown, we've delivered great value, and we've worked on projects that are actually going to move the business forward that haven't actually involved you know, me as the CEO having to do them. All right, so that's the basics of the six-week break strategy. Today, we're looking at key takeaways. Tony, tell me what have been some of the big learnings we've taken away from the six-week break. What's happened in our business is that decisions are made that are going to improve the experience that we give uh, you know, you our members and, and improve the sales and marketing processes uh, that I wasn't part of. Yeah. And that's a, that's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, 100%. Actually, it's gangster. Yeah. So uh, that's big. Yeah, so I think the other thing, this, is, this sort of ties in with it. Delegation is obviously critical to this. Now, uh, it's very easy to delegate a task, mm. but it's much harder to delegate an outcome. Okay, and this is this is massive. You write this down to make this work truly to, to turn your business into a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you and use the six week break as a stress test for it, you need to delegate outcomes. So that means that uh, you know the operations manager is responsible for you know XYZ for all the jobs, for the GPs on the jobs, for maybe hiring tradespeople for doing all the, all their um, reviews and stuff, that's their outcome is like smooth operations of the business. Yeah. yeah not, not just the task, but actually responsibility. You've got to delegate responsibility. Yeah, 100%. And I think like, you know, this, this really feeds into lots of things. I mean, it could be, you know, day-to-day operational tasks. You know, could be could be pricing, could be anything. But it also could be, as I say, business improvement projects. Like if you're implementing a new job management software, um, anyone who, who's ever switched to Simpro or set up Simpro, you'll know it's a big job. Um, and again, we'd always recommend that, you know, you don't take that all on your own shoulders. We'd always recommend that you get, you know, people to champion this and actually own it. But again, if you've just delegated tasks and you've said, hey, you go do this, you go do that, the hard thing is you'll still own all the stress and all of the organization and orchestration of the entire project. And honestly, that's the hard bit. Um, so when we say delegate things, if you delegate an outcome, like I want this to be set up, I want it to be completely you know, across the whole business and I want everybody across it and knowing what to do. Um, and how it happens is not your responsibility. All right, You're part of the design phase if we think about those four Ds. You've decided... 
uh, only what you want it to look like. You've decided only what strategy you'd like to happen, how it happens, and what and in what time frames, and who does what, and all that. These are op- like decisions that need to be made by the people owning the outcome. Does that make sense? So you've designed an outcome, you've delegated that outcome, and all the other decisions that come with how to implement the outcome have been delegated along with the outcome. Uh, and that, that's really important, guys. And that, this is a key thing, I think, to make this work with delegation. Uh, there's no kind of, uh, look, in business and in life, there's no get without give. Like there's yin, yin and yang. So the, the, you know, the awesome um, benefit of having uh, you know, given responsibility to other people is at the same time, if you put the effort in up front to be very clear about what the desired outcome looks like, that's absolutely critical. So they know that's what I need to do, and then they can figure out the how. And look, they might come to you at various times with questions on that. That's fine, uh, or other people, but it's like it's your baby. You've got to sort that out. And this, again, is a, is a big a big part of the six-week break as a strategy and as a tool, is that if you find that there are certain questions or certain difficulties that the team have with making decisions uh, while you're away, or when you delegate an outcome instead of a task, perfect, perfect. Now you've found exactly the opportunities of where you need to improve. You've found the places where you need better systemization. You've found the places where you need better training. You've found the places where you don't have the right resourcing or the right people doing the right stuff. It's a stress test. And that's the whole point is if you don't stress test something properly, then you baby it forever. And that, that's a real important thing. Yeah, so 100%. What else? What are the lessons, yeah, man? So sure I think a few more. Uh, yeah, another couple of key lessons. Um, number one is you've got to have uh, a, a strong two IC. So you have to have someone who is, you know, like Phil. Phil is is my um, you know my right hand person. Um, I'm the creator. He's the implementer. Uh, it works really well. Uh, so you've got to have someone who can take the responsibility for when you're not there. Yeah, and, and so the buck needs to stop with someone, and that's the whole in management kind of if you go to university one of the first things you learn it's about all you learn really to be honest is uh, unity of command there needs needs to be one boss 100% without one boss it gets a bit weird so think yeah. about going out for dinner guys and you leave your kids at home who's in charge <laughs> you always say someone's in charge right maybe there's a babysitter or maybe you've got the oldest kid or maybe the most responsible kid it's not always the oldest when my parents used to go out for dinner uh, my little sister was in charge not me for a bloody good reason. Can't imagine why. Um, but again, who's in charge? We need to know because if something goes wrong, if there's no one in charge, they're going to call you, right? They're going to drag you back in. Yeah. So you definitely need a strong 2IC. And, you know, maybe that's, it could be anyone. It could be your estimator or your operations person, but they're going to need, and that's your a office way to, manager. Could be could office be manager. Could be anyone. Uh, and that's a way to help them upskill as well. So I think you need a 2IC. And uh, you've got to reserve, you know, you've got to be careful about that urge to check in. So yep. every time you check in, you're actually undermining the process. If you're just like, oh, how's it going, or flick a message or whatever, um, you look, if they if they need to get hold of you, and maybe they do something, you know, the building burns down, or uh, uh, there's, some, I don't know, all the tools get flogged from a job, whatever it is, maybe they do need to call you. Uh, and, and look, that's not the end of the world. It tells you that you, you know, you have an area you need to fill, but let that come from them, not from you. Yeah, and I think again, like it's it's interesting to see what happens when that happens. Like if all the tools get stolen off site, uh, you know, with a long bunch of materials, you know, they could call you. But if someone else is in charge, ops manager is in charge, they could just call the ops manager as well. I mean, what are you going to do? That's come right. come back from holiday and find all the materials and bring them back? No, you're not. 
Like, come on, like, someone can use their head here. Someone can take initiative. Uh, quick thing, Tim Davies, do I have a right-hand man? Yeah, I do. It's Cam. You know, like... So this is, that's a great question. So um, as you grow your business, you want two IC and then three IC. Yeah, it's important, guys. We've got some other good questions here I'm sure we'll come back to. Um, but, yeah, any last lessons uh, before we wrap this up with a um, challenge? I, I think that's... Um, I think that's the key ones. All I mean, right, the, cool. the key one is is um, this is a stress test, so treat it like that, but enjoy it as well because it'll give you, you know, it's a beautiful gift you can give yourself and your team as well. Yeah, uh, as well. Uh, you've got to understand that, yeah, you've got to get rid of the doing, but the, it's the deciding that's the tricky one. That's it. Uh, and a decision deferred is, is not delegation. That's it's it. It's like uh, delegate outcomes. Have a 2IC and, and don't, don't check in. I think one of the questions we had when first implementing this was about explaining this to the team and you definitely want your management team to be completely across this. If you spring it on the management team, they have no time to prepare things for themselves or figure out for themselves where their uh, weaknesses or shortcomings or, or lack of knowledge might be. So you definitely need them to be across it and from there I'd get them to explain it to their teams. So for example, you might get your management team, you know, ops, estimator, office manager, those kinds of people, you get them right across it. I'd have my ops manager explain to my tradesman. Um, I'd have my office manager explain to, you know, office assistants and schedulers and your reception staff, whatever you've got. Um, get them to explain it to their team. Again, it's it's they take responsibility for this. Um, I mean, but it I think it's important people know. Yeah, the people, and there's no, no point, no reason to hide it or or anything no. um, and most of us have smallish businesses we, we don't have 200 staff uh, if you had 200 staff it would be a bit weird just to send everyone an email that the boss is away for six weeks uh, yeah. that m- might be weird um, actually interesting story is um, on the last six week break it took about three weeks for some of our staff to know Tony wasn't here uh, <laughs> Uh, and again, like that's how much I'm, how important I am. But I think the big thing as well is like you don't like this is not a reason to freak anybody out. I mean, and again, we we all knew exactly what the point is. It's like, hey, if Tony goes, what we'll do is we'll figure out exactly where Tony's needed that he doesn't need to be needed. You know, it's a stress test, and then we're able to say, cool. Well, hey, here's a great place to improve. Sometimes you have blind spots. Like, put your hand up if you know in your heart exactly where you need to improve at all times. Most people don't. Everyone has blind spots, right? So like. This is a really good way to find out. And another thing we talked about was handling the debrief. Did we do that formally? I think we probably Yeah, did. we did actually, yeah. So what would happen is Tony would come back, uh, I'd run him through, hey, here's everything that happened when you weren't here. That's right, yeah. Uh, and often at that point, I would have a bunch of questions. I'm like, hey, look, we actually ran into this thing. I did this sequence of events. This is what I did. Um, you happy with that? Anything you'd want to change? Anything that looks weird to you? Uh, and often Tony would have some great advice, which he just ignored and did it. Probably anyway. argue with and just do it my way again. But uh, but no, but seriously, yeah, we, we did debrief. Was, I think the cool thing with it is it can be quite casual. I mean, often it's it's more like a tweak thing. There's 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 not probably any huge roadblocks that weren't at least attempted to be overcome. Yeah. I think the probably the thing that we noticed is um, is Phil will have a couple of things that he he wants to run by me. But really, what he's saying is. Hey, bro, like these are things that um, I felt like I should talk to you about, but really it would have been great if I didn't have to. Yeah, that's that's usually it. As I've identified something where I'm like, I've noticed that it's a huge waste of time that you're involved in this. And this is this is a big learning. Like, do I agree with everything Phil does? No way. No way. And sometimes I get actually quite pissed off because I think he should have done it another way. You should see my Voxer. It's, <laughs> it's an interesting uh, and, place. And that, I think that's really normal. But, hey, like... Um, He's a smart guy, 
And uh, I might be wrong, which does happen, like, I mean, probably three or four times in my whole life. A week. Um, yeah, a day. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, if he's done it differently, we've done something slightly differently, well, that's what he's paid for. He's pretty smart. So it's, it's you know, good people are, are never going to do it and do something that's going to absolutely wreck the business. Yeah. Um, so it's like we just carry on and, yeah. No. So you've got to be prepared for that as well. Like people might do things in a different way and that's, that's really important as well. I find that hard uh, and, and sometimes... I think I've got insights that would help, but sometimes those insights just slow things down as well. An easy question to ask is, is there anyone on your team that you pay a hundred grand or more per year? Those people must be making some important decisions or otherwise there's no reason for six figures. Just, that's an important thing to remember. Uh, anyone who's six figures plus is a decision maker. So let them make decisions. Yeah, and if you don't have people that you're paying that much, you should probably find some. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the key, guys, is like you hire smart people to make smart decisions, so let them do it. Or otherwise, what was the point? You could just get some task bunnies to run around and just do dirty work. So I think, I think it's a really important thing. Here's an important point. If you're in a partnership, you actually both need to take the six-week break together. Uh, go get a nice cabin somewhere, light the fire, bubble bath, you know how it is. <laughs> I, I do think it's important though, eh? Because like, if you don't both go away, then like, hey, you know, dad's out for the night, but I can still go to mum, right? So the whole the whole point is like, hey, let's leave the kids in charge and see what goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of the challenges of having a partnership, right? One of the benefits is you get the other person to keep an eye on things, but one of the challenges is, well, there's two people who need to be out. So you know, yeah. And that's important because if you look at it this way, guys, like, if one of you were gone. The other would just end up doing both jobs. And one of you would have a great holiday and the other one would have a really <laughs> six weeks. But you haven't stress tested anything. You've just given yourself a stressful uh, little six weeks. And, and I'd also say, you know, um, I think as business owners, we should always be thinking about the equity of our business. Like, you know, how much is our business worth? Not that we want to sell it, uh, but a, a great business to sell is one that has great systems and can run without the owner because without the owner the multiplier you can get is just way higher. You know, so if you think about your business, if you wanted to sell it, uh, you've effectively got to replace two two positions in the business to make it attractive for someone to buy it. So here's task team. Uh, this is a, a fantastic tool uh, to stress test your business and it's just fun for you and your team as well. So what I want you to do is uh, write down a date when you're going to try this in your business. <gasps> <laughs> Now, it doesn't need to be in the next two weeks. If you I, want to make it in 12 months, that's okay. I'd actually recommend it's not in two weeks. Um, and there's a really, really uh, important thing here is that it shouldn't be in two weeks. And one of the biggest reasons is because you actually want to have time to, uh, to think about what are your bottlenecks right now? What are the things that would come back to you? What are the decisions you haven't delegated yet? The outcomes you haven't delegated? Uh, and this lights a fire under your ass to do that, Right because you've got time to try to set this up so that it really will run without you. And then you go and you stress test it at work. Um, that's important. If yeah. you go in two weeks' time, you'll get a really good stress test, but you'll probably also get some phone calls. The thing with this stuff is if you're in a situation in your business where you're completely under the pump at the moment, you're stressed out, you've got capacity issues and stuff, well, this is the, the same solution, right? Yeah, uh, because 100%. if you want to go for six weeks, you need you need those things in place, which are going to make the business great to run anyway. Yeah. 
And a lot of the way to do that is to, you know, get the delegation, get the decisions made at a lower level and make people accountable for outcomes. Yeah. Delegate those decisions, guys. I think one of the big things as well is when you delegate the outcome, you delegate the decision, uh, there's always going to be a risk that there are some, uh, some errors and some skin knees. Um, and that's totally cool. That's the point. That's the point. And it, you need people to experience that. Like if you always catch them before they fall, then they'll keep tripping. You know, you'll you, keep catching. That's it. And you'll keep catching. Get a back. That's it. Block it and book it. And make this happen. Uh, and set yourself that deadline. And we've got until then to figure out where the holes are and how we plug them and start delegating things in a different way. Uh, and I can't wait to go on this journey with you guys and, and figure out where these holes are and start plugging them up. Because when we do that, that's the freedom we're after. And that's yeah. really the, the point in, in, in business, right? Let's do it. Let's kick this goal. Thanks for listening. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, there's four ways we can help your business. Number one, grab a free copy of my book called The Profitable Trading. And it's at profitabletradybook.com forward slash podcast. Two, join my free Facebook group at profitabletrady.com forward slash group. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Profitable Trady in the YouTube search bar. Or four, book a free 15-minute phone call to find out about our coaching programs at profitabletrady.com forward slash podcast call. Or if you can't remember any of that, just check out the session notes.